Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance and save by bundling auto and home. 92% of households that join Peloton early in the year are still active a year later. Yeah, if you like cycling to EDM. Not just EDM. Try cycling to Broadway hits, take a scenic hike in Iceland on our treadmill, or row to some 80s jams. Because I have so much free time. Whether you have 30 minutes or just five, Peloton can fit any schedule. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton tread, row, or bikes risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the All Things Dave podcast, a podcast dedicated to all the freaks, geeks, losers, goobers, podcasters, and fellow YouTubers. I'm your host, Phantom Dark Dave. Did you see the episode? Who is Corin? Well, I brought him on the show so we could all find out. What's up, Corin? How's it going, Dave? It's been too long, man. It has been too long. I haven't did a podcast with you since the final episode of Dave's Pop Culture Podcast. That is crazy. And uh, like we were talking about off mic, it's been a fucking crazy few years since then, too. It has. And right there, I'm going to go ahead and plug this here. So for all my listeners out there, this episode is probably going to be one of the most mm, grotesque, offensive, (laughs) and just obscene episodes. So if you like those kind of horror movies that really push boundaries, you'll definitely enjoy this conversation. For anybody out there that's just a really good friend and they enjoy the podcast, uh, Julie, especially talking to you, babe, you might skip this episode because these are movies you probably don't want to know anything about. But for casual horror fans, if you want to learn about more extreme horror and, uh, you know, some, some regular horror too, then you guys can stay on here. So with that being said, man, Corn and I, we've been buddies for... Oh, geez, man. Uh, four years, something like that. I mean, it's been oh, maybe five years. It's It's been a while. But, yeah, uh, it's been a while. Probably. I, we definitely connected over the horror genre. Oh, hell yeah. Especially the uh, the really extreme stuff. That's kind of my bread and butter. So it's probably good that you gave that warning up top. Yeah, I was just picturing like family and friends that <laughs> just want to listen because they're good people and they want to support me and it's like it's cool if you skip this one i mean right. to be fair the last time i podcasted with you at all we talked about last house on the left so that should give out some fair warnings <laughs> yeah that was a good one too that was a good one and uh man so the thing with corin is when i first met him obviously we're buddies on twitter because uh, we live some some states apart it's safe to say but uh we've always just kind of chit-chatted about different horror movies and corn kind of keeps me in the know about some of the more extreme horror movies because he for a while ran a website right sickflixhorror.net uh sickflix.net still running it yep man still going strong how long you been doing it uh since 2016 longer than i've been podcasting bro congratulations (laughs) oh thank you yeah it's sometimes it's it's tough to keep up with it but uh i i try to I try to make sure I'm getting in there at least uh, at least monthly or so. So, Corin, let's uh, before we start talking about common interest in movies, let's find out a little more about you, man. If there's listeners out there who have no idea who you are except for what I've already said, let's just tell people like growing up, you know, how you've fallen in love with the horror genre, and then let that lead into types of horror movies and what you do on the website. Okay. Um, so you know. Growing up, like this may surprise you, but I actually grew up without a TV. And um, so my parents got divorced when I was like five. And I was bouncing between the different households. And actually, neither one of them had a TV. So, like, I would very rarely like, get to see, you know, movies. 
uh, eventually my dad got a TV and like a VHS player and we would like rent movies and stuff. And, um, and between like my dad and my uncle, I saw like all of the, like the Stallone movies and, uh, the Schwarzenegger movies. And I really grew up on those like violent, uh, action films, but it, it was, it wasn't until probably, I think I was like 12, like sixth grade. They actually saw my first like horror movie. Cause I just had like no access to it. And, um, and I would, cause I've been thinking recently, I'm like, what was the very first horror movie I, I saw and I think it was Stephen King's Thinner and um, watched that with a friend of mine and stuff and then that kind of spooky stuff as a kid I mean like I uh, you know I was really into Goosebumps books when I was a little kid and stuff like that and I always kind of like that sort of thing but then through high school it's my like kind of love for horror started to gradually you know it's like build more and more when I was like 13 we finally got a goddamn you know dish uh, so we could see like satellite TV. So then, then that was really kicking things open. Then I had access to like HBO and pay-per-view movies and all that shit. So started really getting into that. And, um, yeah. And then, I mean, then I went to, uh, to film school, uh, and that of course really, you know, expanded, um, on my, my love for horror. I actually even took a class that was specifically about horror movies, which was pretty amazing. Hmm. And, um, made some you know some short films and all that kind of stuff and studied film theory and things and um and basically you know i feel like some people i've known um might have been like more into horror uh like when they were younger like high school and college and have kind of fallen off of it you know um but i mean for me it's just my love of horror has just been growing (laughs) and like i I want to see as many horror movies as I possibly can. And I also really like seeking out the really extreme, really edgy shit. And uh, I'm really trying to build my collection at home as well with the with the really underground stuff. Are you a physical format guy or do you buy all your stuff digital? Uh, you know, for a while, I, I was more digital. And, like, I've always had quite a few like dvds and and blu-rays but mostly i was just kind of focusing on like well i'm just going to try to watch as many different movies as i can like once and not you know worry too much about what i've got in my inventory so it's kind of a little more casual about picking stuff up and i would like buy things on voodoo and stuff but it's actually been i'd say during this last year that it's it's kind of switched gears for me and now i'm like no i am I'm like leaning hard into physical media and um, like now, like I won't buy horror movies digitally anymore because like, I want to like, I want to get that physical copy and I want to get the best possible edition of anything that I can, um, you know, and get like Blu-ray preferably, you know, but I'll take DVD. I love finding like rare films on the internet and, and scoring them and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, so I'm really I've become like all about the physical media because for one thing, like streaming, like streaming can be good. Like I still watch a ton of stuff on streaming. Um and it's like if you find a movie that you want to see on there, like that's great, but I don't trust anything that's on streaming to actually stay where it is um because they're just pulling shit off there all the time. And so like if you have the physical media, then you actually that's the only way that you actually own that copy. And, uh, you know, DVDs and Blu-rays are supposed to last anywhere from 30 to 100 years. So as far as, like, the shelf life of them, uh, there's, you know, it doesn't degrade very quickly. Uh, so it is something you can keep in your collection for a long time. And there's so much stuff that I have that I just, like, you can't find it anywhere now. Right. And I also feel like it's that, you know, it doesn't feel special to get like a movie on digital that anyone could buy, you know, it's like, as opposed to when you get like a rare collector's edition, that's like out of print, like nobody can find it anymore. And it's like, yes, this is a piece of art that I'm putting in my collection. Yeah. If you can afford it. Yeah. It's not cheap. (laughs) Certainly not cheap. (laughs) Yeah. And I've like, I've lately too, I've been like, okay, I need to fucking cool it. (laughs) Like I've been buying way too much shit. Um, 
and yeah, so I'm just kind of like trying to try to tamp that down for a little while. And but then like you know something like a, a sale will come up. Like I'm like, oh, I don't have the Arrow uh, release of Audition on Blu-ray, and that's like 50% off. I have to buy that immediately. Right, take advantage and, of the uh, sale while it lasts. Exactly. So I'm trying to just kind of stick to that and not go just kind of like cruising the internet for you know for horror movies as as much. Um, just kind of space that out a little bit because it's it's been getting a little nuts lately. So what do you remember being the first uh, like extreme horror movie that you've ever seen? Hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting because weirdly my dad kind of introduced me to some of like the new french extremity films and um and that's that's actually something i've been getting really into the new french extremity lately i can i can talk more uh about that but like i remember there was like a special screening um at this like kind of art house movie theater when i was in like i want to say like high school or something and my dad took me to see fucking Irreversible. Oof. And, um, and, uh, yeah. And then, like, also, too, like, we would, we went to, like, the Telluride Film Festival at one point, and we saw, uh, Fat Girl by Catherine Brule, which is a fucking crazy movie. Uh, also, like, French Extreme. And for most of it, it's, it seems pretty calm until, like, especially, like, towards the end, and it gets, like, insane really quickly um and so like some of the more extreme stuff uh i feel like yeah so then i started to get like into like uh gaspar noe and um so like uh i stand alone and and things like that um as far as like proper i mean i saw i feel like i saw the original martyrs quite a while ago i mean that's always stood out as as like one of my favorite movies um i was also i mean i don't know if it's really extreme but i remember also like i think it was in high school that i started like getting into cronenberg and like uh, a crash especially i remember was that was uh there's a lot of like pretty pretty extreme things uh in that I feel like this is an overloading question for you because you've just seen so much material. <laughs> so much, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like it's no, I mean, I remember, um, let's say oh, this is 2022 now, probably 20, let's say now, oh, geez, let's go 10 years ago. I remember I set off on this journey to find the most messed up movie I could find. And 10 years ago, streaming either wasn't a thing or it definitely wasn't what it is today, right? So you still... Totally. It's all about who you know, what you rented, or what you bought online. Or And at that point, you could kind of still buy movies in stores. They still had a somewhat of a bigger selection. Like there was actual right. horror section, you know, in a Best Buy or Walmart or whatever have you. But uh, I remember watching a lot of really crazy movies and... When I was eight years old, I saw I Spit on Your Grave. And that was not only like my introduction to kind of extreme horror, it was like my introduction into horror. So uh, I told that story to uh, Scott over at Hellbent for Horror, and he just went, he just basically looked at me and he's like, uh, You went straight for black coffee. I'm like, Well, I didn't know. <laughs> I just found a VHS tape and popped it in, and, and it changed my life real quick. And it was ironic because it was I Spit on Your Grave, and then the very end of the original 78 Halloween. And even though the visual memory of I Spin on Your Grave will never leave my brain, it was more of the uh, Dr. Loomis in that brown trench coat. What movie is this? What is this white mask? And, you know, I fell in right. love with horror because of Michael Myers, who is my favorite boogeyman of all time. Right. We've had that conversation. Uh, I believe yours is Freddy Krueger. Um, you, you want to see Michael Myers versus Freddy Krueger? I'd be down for that. Oh, well, at one point, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean i uh, absolutely i mean i spit on your grave is a fucking that's a rough introduction jesus christ <laughs> not like something for movie, a child huh no good lord like that still holds up that is just like one of the most uh, like realistic and like harrowing 
you know, rape scenes that's ever been committed to film like that and like irreversible are both up there just like really, really brutal stuff. And it's such a kind of like a, a dour nihilistic movie. I mean, I love it, of course, but you know, it's can't imagine watching that when I was eight. I was like still like watching goosebumps on TV and shit. I'm like, Oh, this is spooky. You know? So, right. Like, no, I mean, I was too. And that's kind of yeah. what the big deal was. It was like, Oh, Right. Oh my, you know, and then uh, I saw another movie, you know, getting back to like 2012 when I was setting out to find kind of the one of the most messed up movies I could find and I watched it and I, I remember the experience I got and, you know, I, I know I don't need to say this, but like you and I are both decent human beings, like we're fathers, <laughs> we're family guys, we're, right. we're totally cool. citizens. Yeah, man, yeah. like we're not out committing crimes and shit, that's not us. Yeah. But watching movies, it's just watching movies, like there's always been that thin line between a serial murderer, uh, Ray, all these different things, it's like, don't let me hear about that shit in real life, but a movie's a movie, right? So I've always been able to watch stuff with that like narrow filter it doesn't like bother me because i know it's just a movie and I, I feel blessed to always have that ability and maybe it was because i saw i spent on your grave so young whatever but i remember seeing one particular movie and i was like huh i i found it like i just want to go to bed now like i'm done <laughs> and uh, we're gonna get into what that movie is here in a few but um Corin. Oh. So while we were setting up to do this podcast, I thought I would throw out a little trivia game for you. You want to play one? Oh, let's do it. I, I don't want to put you on blast, and you definitely know more of these movies than me. So have no fear; these are probably mainstream uh, compared to anything in your collection. But I would, came across a quick list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. T- uh, okay, ten. Um, what the internet would say are just like most disturbing films. Okay. And so what I'm going to do is read you the synopsis, and I want to see if you can tell me the movie. (laughs) All right. Now, (laughs) I will tell you that I own nine of these. (laughs) So these are ones I have heard of, okay? And uh, there's no particular order, my man. So here we go. Let's do this thing. In World War II, in Italy, four fascist libertines round up. Solo, yes. Instant. Okay, he's not even going to wait for me to finish. Yeah, some of these descriptions have keywords, so it's like, hmm. All right. Events over the course of one traumatic night in Paris unfold. Irreversible? Yeah, (laughs) the next word was in reverse. I was stalling. (laughs) All right, you got two. Four months after the death of her husband, a woman on the brink of motherhood is tormented inside yep you got three disturbed loner martin dreams of creating blank blank and human centipede too yes (laughs) a 12 person centipede (laughs) all right arriving in chicago blank moves in with ex-con acquaintance and starts schooling him in the ways of a serial killer Uh, was it Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer? It is. You got it. I had to I had to keep out the words Henry and Otis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see if you can get this one. Henry Spencer tries to survive his industrial environment, his angry girlfriend, and the unbearable screams of his newly born mutant child. Is that Eraserhead? It is. Yep. Little... All right. Man, you're knocking these oh, out. Lynch. It was, yeah. I, when you said Cronenberg earlier, I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, no, Lynch. I always get those two guys. Why do they both start with David? I don't know. The Davids. Davids yeah. are fucked up. Hi. All right, Dave's anyway. <laughs> Here we go. During a rescue mission into the Amazon rainforest, a professor... Cannibal Holocaust. Yep, you got it. A widower takes an offer to screen girls at a special blank. Arranged for him by a friend to find him a new wife. Oh, audition. Yep. That was the blank. (laughs) All right. This one is one I've never seen, and it's a very brief description. But I'll tell you, it looks like it's a sequel, but we'll see. Two friends bring along a newcomer to go on a killing spree. That's all it says. I know, it's vague Uh, as hell. It's kind of vague. (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm going to tell you what I was reading about it in specific, is it sounds okay. like it's filmed in a very grainy, low quality, so it tries to look realistic. 
found footagey, almost uh, like you know they're rec- yeah. Is it um, is it Man Bites Dog? It's not, and that was on the list, but I left it off because I wanted an even number. Um, I will tell. I'll give you a clue. It has in the title of the movie. There's a month. Um, and this was the only one I hadn't heard of on this list. Two friends. Two friends bring along a, a third camera. person as they yep. go on a killing spree. Drawing huh. a link on this uh, one. He had huh? to stump me on the last one. <laughs> uh, we got two more, or we got uh, one more after this, but oh, okay, it's easy. So this one, I'll give you the first word. It's August. Oh, August Underground. Okay, Jesus, yeah. of course. This one is August Underground's Mortem. That one's supposed to be worse uh-huh. than the other. I don't know. Yep, it is. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> is that like the most vague description? Oh, two friends bring along a third friend. They go on a killing spree. I feel like fucking embarrassed that that's. <laughs> that's the one I don't get. I'm like, it just for some reason that wasn't even entering my mind. I mean, I'm fucking Facebook friends with Fred Vogel. You know, it's like it's. Of course, I know August Underground. Well, who's Fred Vogel? Uh, he's the writer and director of the films. Oh, cool, man. Well, to be fair, that was like the most basic description and describes many right. horror movies. But I feel okay. like all these movies cycling through my brain. I'm like my two friends. Okay, I'm trying to like. Yeah, okay. Although gotcha. I did say a month, and so that was the... That was, yeah. Okay, but I've never seen it. I've never seen these trilogy or these movies. Any of the... Mm-hmm. So, all right. Last They're hard one. to find, especially physically. It's, like, impossible. Really? Oh, but those are probably some high-priced eBay items then. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just wait for a garage sale. <laughs> like, somebody to get rid of <laughs> yeah. this. All hey, right. Somebody, uh, one of my online friends, uh, just found, like... A co- like the set of like the f- the three movie set uh, in like VHS clamshell, which there was only like ten editions of that ever even produced. Oh. I can't even imagine like where he got that or even like how much money it would have taken to secure that. But that was that was kind of mind blowing. Yeah, it's gonna be one of two things, right? One, somebody had no idea what they were getting rid of. Or two, right. somebody did, and this guy paid a serious price for these tapes. But that's awesome, dude. Absolutely. VHS clamshell, hell yeah. Yeah. Right next to your Disney clamshells, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mix them all in together. Hey, man, kinda Disney like movies back, like... are kind of horror movies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some good ones, you know, just because, you know, I also watch some Disney movies. I mean, especially with my kids. <laughs> you know, it's like old. I can watch, like, you know, a Serbian film on my own and then watch, like, Aladdin with the kids, you know? It's like, I'll watch it all. Practically the same movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we got one more. You ready? Let's do it. And I'm only going to tell you the first three words, or four words. An aging porn star. (laughs) A Serbian film. (laughs) I know. As soon as you said that, I was like, God damn it. Yeah. But the reason (laughs) I saved that one for last is that's the movie I watched back in, like, 2000-whatever, and I was just like, oh, okay, I'm good. <laughs> because uh, that one really left me kind of shaken uh, in a great way because I had friends over and I made them watch it too on a separate night. So I've seen it more than once. Yes. But uh, I thought it was oh, yeah, totally too. disturbing and was what I was looking for. And I was like, okay, check mark the box. Moving on. Yeah, I mean, that's – I love. I would say that's one of my favorite movies. And I'm not like even just trying to – be like an edgelord and say that but like i i genuinely love that movie it's so well made so incredibly well shot and it's so much more like visceral and disturbing than any like you know normal horror movie that you can that you can find um yeah i i've seen that one multiple times i actually have i have the dvd and like the unearthed uh blu-ray edition of that uh, apparently they're coming out with a documentary about the making of a Serbian film, I think sometime this year, oh. which I'm definitely going to snatch that up if, uh, if I can, but yeah, it's, you know, I will say the, uh, the NBP scene, uh, is like one of the things that has like genuinely rattled me the most out of, out of like anything I've seen, uh, especially like the first time I watched it, I was like, Ugh. 
like that. Yeah, that really made me feel uh, feel icky. But I appreciated being being in there too to have something that's uh, that's so shocking. I mean, and kind of like what you were saying before, it's like I feel like when things are are fake and simulated, like there's nothing wrong with with watching them. Like you're just watching ideas, you know, and and. Unlike a lot of people I know who are into extreme cinema, I'm not into the shockumentary stuff, and I'm not into like um, into watching like the real death videos and shit like that. I'm not gonna be tracking down copies of MD Pope or any of that shit. I'm just uh, I'm not I'm not I want to see stuff that it manages to be disturbing and horrifying. And nothing bad is actually happening. I think that's really impressive because anyone can like kill an animal and film it, and that's like, well, that's not even impressive, you know? Just some asshole doing shit for shock value, you know? But to just see something that's all just quality acting and great gore effects, and it manages to be horrifying, uh, it's amazing. It is, and I was going to ask you what a shockumentary is, but I guess you you kind of described it, huh? It's just real things for the purpose of being shocking yeah it's a lot of them like so there's like basically like you know known as like mixtapes and uh and so they're those are like really underground kinds of things but like md pope is like the most disturbed person on planet earth and it's basically it's just this fucking bunch of like cobbled together scenes from like horrifying stuff on the internet um and like real death and like real like gross out things and like animals being killed and just like i am not uh i'm not interested in that i mean and then there's like ones like orozco or orozco the embalmer where it's like it's not kind of it's not really the same uh kind of thing in that it's like real footage of this um, South American guy, or- Orozco, who was – I forget when exactly this was, but it's like there, it was in South America and there was a lot of you know, like gang warfare and stuff. So he was this embalmer and like he was you know, getting a lot of work because there's just people dying in the streets constantly and it's just a lot of uh, him really working on bodies and things. Um, and so I don't know. I'm just, I'm just like with that one. Like I, I don't know. I understand that more. I, like I feel like the like the shockumentary collections that are just random footage cut together are pretty unimpressive. Um, with that no one, yeah, you know, and yeah, and it's just like I don't know. I just I feel like that's just kind of edge lord shit. And I like I could make myself sit down and watch it, but I'm not. I'm not going to be impressed by it. Right. You know, um, so when you describe like a whole bunch of crazy scenes spliced together to, tr- you know, air quotes to make a movie, it reminds me of Le Fin Absolute de Monde, you know, from Cigarette Burns. Uh huh. Where it's like, oh, let's just have this movie of all this horrible shit happening. And then when the audience watches it, everybody just goes insane. <laughs> That's what that sounds like. Yeah. I, I love the concept of that. I remember just feeling kind of, kind of disappointed in the, execution i don't know i didn't i don't know if he like needed this movie to be longer or something or or what but i just it felt like he hadn't kind of gone on like enough of a journey to to get i mean this was years ago that i that i saw this but i remember that kind of being my takeaway but i'm like oh i love the concept of like a haunted film yeah. you know kind of like that or like the ring i think it was like an american horror story where it was like uh the same kind of thing where like a film that just makes you go insane just from seeing it and like that's a great concept i don't know man see i feel like they uh, and this is cigarette burns but i feel like a lot was done in just an hour yeah like i say it's been years since i've seen it. i just kind of remember having that that takeaway where it's like norman reedus right yeah yeah this is pre-walking dead days right yeah and i i just remember like uh, I have this like vague memory of like him when he like finally like gets the film and and like the the guy's like oh, you've really you've come a long way to uh, 
to to get this uh, or something, and I'm like, has he? Because I feel like this actually wasn't very hard to find. <laughs> just I think it was like more made... like the phys- like the emotional journey that he went on. You know, you've come a yeah. long way. Because I mean, I, who goes on living after the events in that movie? You know what I mean? But I, yeah. for that movie too, I mean, it's not one of the most disturbing movies. It's a kick-ass horror movie, especially if you only got an hour to kill. And it's directed by John Carpenter. The guy rarely makes a bad film. But I know for me, like Norman Reedus did a great job. But dude, anytime I can see Udo Kier is awesome. Oh yeah, and I enjoy. I mean, I think I saw like all of the Masters of Horror. Uh, episodes that that was from um, you know and so that it was really cool and like the fact that they were giving you know each director a showcase yeah we I mean more. <laughs> yeah it was definitely way less cool that they uh, fucking didn't even release Takashi Miki's film hey, at least it had a DVD uh, release and it's in this set, it did you know yeah which but imprint, it was just like that, that's a messed up movie and Takeshi uh, he does that you know Oh yeah, I love him, and it's like all, they also like censored uh, Argento's film that was a uh, Jennifer. Did they censor it? I've only seen that DVD version. There was like supposed to be um, there was supposed to be a scene where like where like Stephen Weber's like putting his dick into like her like um, kind of mutilated mouth, and like Ooh. Argento was like, talking about how he's like he just loved the idea of. You know, like just seeing this kind of like this horrifying image or something like that. He would, and I'm like, this <laughs> bullshit that they made him cut that out. I'm like, <laughs> let's just like so Human Centipede two, the Netflix version that cut out so much. Right, I'm like, see, that's exactly the kind of thing. It's like, yeah, you could watch that on stream, but like, you're not, you're not getting the real experience. Like, I really want my movies to be just as like uncut and pure uh, as possible. And uh, have you seen The Sadness? No. Ooh. Are you sad I, that, that I haven't was... seen it? <laughs> um, yeah, it's very sad. <laughs> uh, no, it, it it's a really good, it's this amazing film from Taiwan. Um, it's been, I've been like waiting for it to come out. I've heard about it like at least like a year ago. Uh, it's actually, last I checked, it was still on Shudder. So you could, uh, you can maybe check it out there. But I also made sure to snag the the Blu-ray copy because, you know, streaming and physical media and all that. Um, But it's just like it's one of like the most like intense and like grotesque zombie films ever made. Hmm. Um, And that's I'm like and after seeing it, I was like, yeah, they they back that claim up. Um, I think one of the things that like makes it kind of more disturbing than a lot of other zombie films is the fact that like when the infected also uh you know rape people too <laughs> oh wow like, that's a new take on zombie movies them. unless it's a rob zombie movie <laughs> yeah um so it was like uh so it was like wow yeah it it's uh, it kind of adds a whole level to it but it's also like yeah very well done very just gruesome buckets of blood uh definitely recommend it have you seen um tom six's latest film I know you can. the Oniana Club. I oh, yeah. fucking wish. I was gonna say. No, I, I mean, I, it's not even available, right? It's been in like no. some sort of limbo post production. Yeah. Like it was completed, and but it can't release it. Like, what's up with that? So I actually know all about this. Yeah, um, Do it. it's it, it fucking kills me that it can't come out. So basically, so when he released. Um, the human centipede trilogy he did it through ifc films and um and so that was basically because like the guy who was like the vp at the time was you know kind of like was like sympathetic to his viewpoint and stuff and and was like willing to work with him on that and there's been a change in management um since then and so basically so he tried to go back to ifc to get the oniana club uh, released, which has been finished for like a few years now, and uh, and like they, you know, they wouldn't do it. They're like, no, 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 we're not touching this now. And so, so basically, he's having just like a hard time uh, trying to find a distributor that will he'll be able to actually make his money back and like pay the investors. There's a lot of the same investors from the original, like the Human Centipede films. Um, so 
it's from what I've seen, it seems like it's really been stressing him out because he just can't get the film released. Now, it's like I know that there are, uh, you know, smaller labels that will definitely won't worry about that kind of content. But I think the, my understanding is they're not able to offer him enough money uh, for the film to be able to, like, I think, like recoup the uh, the expenses from yeah. it. So he's. Stuck yeah. in a hard place. That makes sense. I hate that because I was like, I'm sure, like you could release it, but I mean, that make people got to get paid. You want to make something off of it, right? And, I mean, that's the only way you fund future projects. And I'm looking it up. Man, like one of the main characters in here is Jessica Morris, and that hits me in my heart because she's in one of my favorite bad, uh, well considered bad horror movies ever, and that's Bloody Murder from 2000. Like that's one of my favorite just VHS throw-on movies, man. Uh, and she plays a character named one. Julie, and that's even better. You've never seen Bloody Murder? I have not seen Bloody Murder. I, I don't even know what I to say because like it's like I want to be like, dude, you're missing a great one, but. I mean, you're probably not, <laughs> um, but I think it is. You know what I'm saying? But it, it's it's in vain with a lot of other, like, 2000, let's make a slasher movie. It goes straight to video mm-hmm. and VHS. You can get a blockbuster right. for 10 bucks. But uh, maybe seeing it back then, you know, and just watching it so much over the time. But I will tell you, if I'm piquing your interest at all, it's this one and the sequel are on Tubi. Mm, now the sequel is definitely the definition of a sequel like it's amplified violence there's nudity where there's not nudity in the first one it has tiffany shepis in the second one hello scream queen trauma um but you know i grew up with the first one so yeah man and you know what's really crazy is to this day i'm still followed by tom six on twitter i don't know how that happened you too awesome i guess because we're buds maybe and we crossed uh uh, streams (laughs) somewhere but uh yeah Dude, I just, ah, oh, yeah. sucks, man. Like, I met him before. He's a really cool guy. He deserves to have his movie put out. I know. I was so, like, I think about, like, that uh, that picture uh, with, with you and, and Tom Six and, and Dieter, and I was like, oh, man, so jealous. I want to be right in that, right in that pic. Hell yeah, awesome. man. I, re- I remember I was, it's like, it wasn't my first convention, but it was my first VIP party at a convention, and so mm-hmm. a lot of that's, like, Yo, don't be asking for autographs and this, this, but you're supposed to be personable. And I was feeling the nerves a little bit. I'm like, I'm about to go mingle with all these people, like, for real, for real. And so I was like, I need to drink. And so I don't drink, so it was really easy for me to get where I needed to be. And that picture, I'll never forget it because, like you said, I'm there with the dudes, but then I got this, like, Bud Light with a lime stuck in it or a Corona. I don't remember. (laughs) But uh, it was a cool memory, man. And then, you know, we've lost Dieter since then. Um, Yeah, I know. Terrible. But, uh, dude, the Human Centipede movies, it's so funny that, like, those are so heavily regarded as being so messed up. I'm like, I mean, there's messed up things in them, but they're actually interesting films. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's, like, as far as, like, in, like, the extreme cinema community, I mean, that's, like, that's some gateway mainstream right. shit. <laughs> when it's, right. We're talking about extreme cinema, but, yeah, I mean, but I love them. And also, I mean, well, I don't love the third one. But uh, I love the first day, and the third one's fine. I don't dis, I don't hate it or anything. It's just uh, I feel like that was kind of a missed opportunity. Um, but the second one is really oh, that's really where it peaked. And when I saw the color version of Human Centipede two, I'm like, that's even better. I I was like, I mean the black and white one's good too. And I was thinking, I'm like the color's gonna cheapen it. It's kind of like. You know, when they wanted to, like, colorize Casablanca or something, you know, it's, it's like, what are you sin. doing? Right. But it's like, but with this one, I was like, you know, it actually works. Like you, it makes like the blood pop more. And uh, yeah, it's like even more disturbing in color. Bro, I forgot all about it. I still have never seen the colored version. Oh, uh, the only place I know that you can watch it is like if you I have like the box set trilogy on Blu-ray and it's like an extra feature on that okay so egg i don't think you can just get it by itself but right. if you can track that down, it's uh well i could probably worth snag it. that trilogy at a good price by now <laughs> yeah hopefully i mean so you know some things i don't know like the the physical media ones i feel like i saw that going uh pretty high on ebay recently oh no <laughs> Yeah, I know it's like there, there's such like there's like a window where it's like there's like a lot of saturation with something and then it's like really cheap for a while until then it becomes like rare and then it's just like impossible to get. 
Okay, so I pulled it up. Oh no, bro. Is that real? Son of a bitch. How much is it? Let me make sure I'm looking at the right thing here. Uh, yeah. Okay. Looks like uh, it goes anywhere from 100 to 150 bucks. Oof. Mm-hmm. That's that Blu-ray yeah. Scream Factory release. Right. Well, but although for three movies, not too bad. <laughs> That's Corn's <laughs> advice. 150 bucks, at least you get three films and a color version. Yeah, just do it. Just do. I'm not, <laughs> bro. <laughs> I'm hoping something no, will happen. <laughs> I'll. You yeah. know what I do is uh, I spend a lot of time on eBay, and I'm a window watcher too. And I like to like put stuff in my watch list for a while, hoping they'll send me like an offer, and then I'll pull the trigger. You know, when they bring it down a little bit, like okay, it's not selling. Somebody's watching it. Let me knock you know twenty bucks off, and I'm like, boom. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good strategy. It works on yeah, stuff that's this expensive, reference. but um, you know me, man. I'm still plucking away at the VHS tapes, so I don't really. <laughs> I only own a couple of Blu-rays, like maybe like less than ten easily. Yeah, yeah. It's like even though I I grew up watching VHS and like I was a certain nostalgia for it, uh, and I like that there's like certain movies like actually that you still can't get anywhere but VHS. So just, I find like just the quality difference is just so apparent between like like dvds and blu-rays and and vhs i remember even before blue like dvds came out i remember kind of having a problem with uh with the quality i was seeing in, in like vhs I'm like this could this could be crisper you know it's, well, there's gotta be a way true i mean i can't lie and be like no bro vhs looks great i think that's depending <laughs> on what you're watching for sure right and then obviously you're you know how big your tv is right it's gonna over pixelate the bigger it goes and whatnot but yeah, it depends, you know, that, and that's why we don't make newer movies necessarily on VHS and don't anybody hit me up and be like, you still can. I'm, I'm not talking about those special t- you know, conditions. You want to get unlisted owner on VHS, that's your business, totally cool. But, <laughs> you know, if I want to watch Portrait, Henry of Serial Killer, it's okay to watch it on VHS, bro, no lie. Yeah, and I think it does actually, like, the kind of degraded quality ends up working in favor of some films. And if it's, like, certain films, like, you know, it, it kind of benefits from that. It makes sure. it look... I mean, you well, can't watch you know. some, like, VHS tape that's warped and been sitting in the sun for five days, you know. It's got to be a decent quality VHS tape for you to not lose your mind over it. Uh, and don't get me started on tracking issues. Holy shit. Remember those? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. Always going to move that, like, thing, like, up and down. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I may be putting my foot in my mouth, but I just think, still to this day, nothing's cooler than VHS tapes on the shelf, man, when it comes to physical format. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is definitely. It's a classic. Absolutely. Especially when you're getting those like those rare things that never even made it to DVD. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's those are on the eBay list because it takes a while yeah. to obtain those. And there's actually one particular one. I'm not going to name drop it here, but uh, there's one VHS tape that I've wanted for a very long time. And I just refuse to pay a hundred bucks or more for it. I'm like, no, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna do it because I'm just know as soon as I pull the trigger on that, somebody will put that shit on eBay for like thirty bucks and it'll disappear right away. So I got the search right. saved on my phone. <laughs> you know, sometimes a good place to find movies too, like if you uh, kind of get like in involved in like horror groups on like Facebook. Actually, uh, there's I feel like people are always like, you know, I've got. I've got these. I got to sell them, you know, like PM me for okay. prices and stuff like that. And sometimes it's like way more reasonable. I think a lot of the time is way more reasonable than like the stuff on eBay. And, um, yeah, I've definitely, you know, I've definitely seen quite a lot of interesting stuff go that way. It's crazy to me how like there's this whole talk about inflation and yeah. Okay. Everything's on the rise. Who knows what the hell is really going on in the world. But I remember five years ago, bro, like going into a half price books and scoring a horror movie on VHS for 99 cents. Now it's like half price books is in the know and that's just locked up in the case and it's like 40 bucks. I'm like, what happened? Right. Who told you? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Right. Uh, it's crazy. that They started to realize like the value of this shit. Like, well, oh, this like can go online for like hundreds of dollars sometimes. And the sad part is I used to buy VHS because that's what I could afford, bro. Like that it was quantity over quality for me for the longest time, you know. I literally mm-hmm. got a tube TV for my VHS player because I was like, 
I can't afford to buy DVDs and Blu-rays at the rate that I want to, so I'll just buy it on VHS and right. watch it. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, talk about backfire. Like, man, it kind of makes me wish I hadn't got rid of stuff I got rid of like back in the day. I know. I feel like we. It's possible we've kind of gone like over the tipping point with VHS, where it's kind of like in that same window where like before it was just like abundant obsolete technology to people and they were just like throwing it away and then it's kind of swung over to being in like the collector's realm and then now everything is just like jacked up oh yeah whenever like retro became cool and then prices skyrocket and i know people out there who are like hard collectors that happen here this episode are just nodding like yep yep (laughs) oh man but you know you want to talk about a victory when you finally score something, uh, regardless of the price. I mean, everybody dreams of, you know, popping up to a half-price books or a garage sale or something and, and finding something at just below cost and being like, yes, I got it. But even at the end of the day, if you just work overtime at your job so you can afford to buy that extra movie, it still feels good when it comes in the mail. Oh, hell yeah. And I also I love it, too, when it's like I see things like I bought when they came out. And then it's like, then there's like crazy overpriced on like eBay now and stuff like that. I'm like, it's, it's pretty satisfying. I'm like, I'm glad I didn't pay like $300 for that one movie, but like, I'm glad that this edition is worth it. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah, because if you ever get in a pinch, you know that you got a valuable item in your collection. I know, it's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I said I wasn't going to say it. I'm going to say it. You know what kills me, bro? What's up? You know I'm a huge Universal Monster fan, right? Mm-hmm. Always promoting the old stuff. And you've seen my studio. I've sent you pictures. I got all the Universal Monster posters. got all this. I got all these VHS tapes. I'm only missing one Universal Monster movie on VHS, and it's the one that I say I refuse to pay over 100 bucks for. It just uh-huh. makes me so mad because it's the Invisible Woman. Like, what? Why? Oh. Why is it so damn expensive? They probably printed like a lot less of them, like versus some of the like the more like well-known titles. Sure, I mean that's that's literally like the only thing I know. I've even tried to Google like why is the Invisible Woman so expensive, and it's like you want to buy the Invisible Woman, hundred nine dollars. I'm like, no, I just want to know why it's going for hundred nine dollars. You know, I look at the credits, I'm like Virginia Bruce, John Barrymore, John Howard, you know, Charlie uh, Ruggies, Oscar. I'm like, okay. What about this movie makes? But I, that's it. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. I'm like, this just must be hard to find and rare. But damn these people yeah. for knowing that and selling it for so much. Right, exactly. The people who have managed to score copies probably for really cheap when they came out, uh, now are just like kind of sitting on them because they like they know that they can they can jack up the value. Ah, well, that sucks to be like missing one movie out of like a set. Only like one, a- and I I have all of them on the DVD collection, and I have a lot of them uh, on Laserdisc, and I have a lot of them on the, my Voodoo collection. But the aesthetic of the tape, like I have them front face displayed in my studio, I have all of them. I'm right. missing that one. Like there's an empty spot where it goes, and I just stare at it with like anger <laughs> and I'm just like one yeah. day but I've even tried to be smart right I tried to like yes I look for it specifically and I find the high prices I try to go find like universal monster bundle and try to find somebody that doesn't know that one's valuable and they're selling oh, like yeah. all of them for like 60 bucks or something I'm like fuck it's worth it but no nah, man people just all it takes is that one post and someone goes ooh I'm gonna do the same thing and then now I'm over here sitting on my hands trying not to click the buy button Right. Oh, yeah, no, I feel for you on that one. That's brutal, man. And it's mostly for the aesthetic. That's the hard part. I, I own copies of the movie already, but right. it needs like to you go could on the see shelf. It, but it's, yes. Yeah. I, absolutely. I totally, I'm totally with you on that. And it's like, I like thinking about how things are, like, displayed and what's going to, you know, look good in the collection and, and things like that. So. Do you have yeah. any uh, of those movies that are, are like that for you, where you want them so bad and they're just so far out of reach for you? Hmm. Um. You know, I will admit, even though I've seen them, I feel like I kind of missed the boat on actually getting the physical August Underground films. So I don't have like the Blu-ray trilogy of that which is kind of ridiculous (laughs) and like there have been times when i've like seen it like come up on ebay and things and like i should have just fucking bought it then right um so 
and that's just and then it just becomes and it's like even harder to find so you know i would say like yeah i feel like that's that's kind of sitting out there and which is why like with things it kind of puts like a sense of urgency with other things i'm like oh you know like they don't have like um the grindhouse releasing of cannibal holocaust in my collection like i really need to need to get that before it's like completely out of print you know but right you're like this is going to be the next under august underground i better get it now or i'm gonna regret it <laughs> yeah and then there's also just like sometimes there'll be films that like i'll hear about like people talk about online and it's just like completely impossible to actually even just find a copy find anywhere to watch it or sometimes the only option to even see it is like to buy like an out of print, you know, DVD for just like ridiculous amounts of money. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to like this movie, you know? So like, I definitely feel like, uh, like that, that's something that keeps, that tends to come up. Um, but then sometimes you'll like, you'll score, you know, really good deals like the, uh, uh, house, um, make like, a lot of like underground, like kind of fetishy, uh, extreme films, mostly like short films, the very like sexually graphic and violent. Um, they, it looks like they kind of switched over from doing like physical media for the most part to, uh, to be more like online. And so they were just like selling. Yeah. And they were just like selling off just like their whole backlog of like physical discs. I was just like, ah, snatch that up. You know, so you just got to kind of be out there, you know, looking for the deals and jump on them when they come. Story of our life, right, man? Anybody that's a collector just knows, you know, that we always have our eyes and ears open. And it's always the fear of what you're missing out on, which is what keeps us always like, I'm not going to buy a thing. I just got to make sure there's nothing I'm missing. But there's always something you're missing. Oh, yeah, it's never enough. (laughs) All right. Man, before I let you go, I do have a question. I actually own a DVD that I haven't watched yet, and I'm sure, oh, that's, you know, no one else has that. But uh, I remember scoring it because it just looked like it was a disturbing horror movie. And I just looked it up on IMDb. It has an NC-17 rating, so I'm like, it's probably disturbing. Have you heard of or seen a movie called 100 Tears? I am familiar with it. I haven't actually seen that uh, myself but uh, that is something that does come up in like in like the extreme cinema circles. So okay. I, it's uh, my understanding is it's pretty legit. Oh, I so this will it. be one of those that I might be able to introduce you to because that's only happened once. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, it's been like, it's been one of those films I've been aware of, and I just, I need to track that down because it's kind of like it's a little, it's a little embarrassing that I haven't seen it. But I do know, I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm going to do a quick search on eBay and see if maybe I have a million-dollar movie on my hands. Let's see here. 100 <laughs> Tears DVD. Uh, oh, no. Okay. You can get an autographed copy for 35 bucks. so <laughs> I guess oh, I'll shit. still hate, hold on to it because I think I paid <laughs> about 10 or 15 for it uh, non-autographed. So, But, yeah, I'll have to watch it and get back to you, man. We may have to catch up on another podcast and talk about this clown movie because, man, clown movies are just cool. Yeah, hell's yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's uh, it's. I definitely. I'm gonna have to snag that because, like I say, it's a little ridiculous. I haven't seen it yet. If I ever find a VHS uh, or DVD or Blu-ray copy of August Underground, I know who to call. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, man. Trilogy. Before I let you go, let's go ahead plug and promote. Let's talk a little bit about website if you want to, or if nothing else, where people can catch up with you and talk about crazy movies. Yeah, um, so sickflicks.net is the website, uh, and I've got like an extreme cinema section on there too, where I review a lot of these different, uh, you know, super fucked up underground movies, um, and that's you know s i c k f l i x dot net. Um, you can also find me the um, online. The best place to find me is on Twitter at sickflixhorror. Um, but I also, uh, I have a Facebook account too under, uh, under Corin Toten and the sick flicks, uh, page on Facebook as well. But Twitter's where I'm most active. Hell yeah, man. Well, I say we hop off here and we go watch some movies. What do you think? Sounds like a plan. All right, Corin. Thanks for coming on the show, man. 
Uh, thanks for having me. And there you have it. Who is Corin? Hopefully, after listening to this episode, you have a much better idea who Corin is. And hopefully, you think he's a cool dude, because he is a cool dude. He likes crazy shit, and that's cool. <laughs> but uh, I'll have to bring him on the show in the future again, and we'll talk about some more mainstream horror movies and see where his thoughts lie on stuff like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, all that good stuff that a lot of folks do, like, have experience watching. But I'm, I'm curious, you know, for any listeners, do you guys like extreme horror? Do you want more episodes on extreme horror? Corn's listening. He's like, yes, yes, yes. Okay, bro, we'll get there. But uh, also, like, for other listeners out there, what have you seen that's extreme? I know there's tons of stuff we didn't talk about, right? But the podcast, you know, it can only be so long. And that's what gives us the fuel to uh, do other episodes in the future. I mean, I didn't bring up the guinea pig stuff because I know he knows about it, but I don't. And he's probably screaming at his uh, phone or his car stereo, but hey, bro, it's what makes the world go around. I'm just happy he name-dropped Casablanca. And seriously, that should never be in color. That would piss me off. I'm not buying it. Just like White Christmas. Or, no, actually, White Christmas is in color. Just like It's a Wonderful Life. There it is. Definitely should not be in color. If you guys liked this episode, please share it with a friend. Give it a thumbs up. Give it a five-star rating. Whatever you feel like doing, I'll appreciate it. Come hit me up on Facebook. you got the All Things Dave page, and uh, you know I, I tag the podcast there, and there's always pictures and stuff that I think are funny or entertaining or just relevant to the podcast or maybe people who like the podcast page. Also, man, it would be cool if you guys checked out the page and tag stuff too, like share stuff. Anybody out there got a podcast you want to cross-promote? Dude, I'm cool with it. Hit me up. Let's get something going. I know uh, around my birthday time, as we lead into the Halloween season, I do got some stuff planned with a special podcast that I can't wait to do. So hopefully that happens. But that's that's a few months away. You know, I'm talking about right meow. And did I say meow like as a cat? <laughs> Damn right I did. Find me on Twitter at Dave underscore Phantom. You want to talk movies? So do I. But uh, thank you guys for checking out this episode. And I'm going to let you go because, like I said with Corin, I'm going to go watch a movie. You guys have a great day. It's the greatest story in sports. Start dropping straight back. Hit as he throws. Has the ball. It is the touchdown. I'm Doug Russell, and this is Tales from 1265, an insider's look at football's most storied franchise, a franchise that has had its dynasties. This is the first Super Bowl trophy, and uh, it's something Green Bay can keep. We're going to have a, a new trophy each year. And its rebirths. Every major football decision will be made by Ron Wolf. I realize I'm a Green Bay Packer now, and Maybe I can prove that I am worth the first-round pick next year, but just got to be patient. But I was really impressed with the coaching staff, with the whole organization, and with the direction the team.
team is going. I think they, they have a total commitment to winning. Tales from 1265 is presented by Nicolay Law, your local award-winning injury lawyers. If you've been injured, get Nicolay, Wisconsin's winning team of lawyers that will get you back in the game. Tales from 1265 is a production of iHeartRadio Podcasts and is available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance and save by bundling auto and home. 